welcome back to another episode here of All Things Football. Training camp has started. We're officially in it. We actually have a lot of actual stuff to talk about today. Chase, I'm super excited. How are we feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling great looking at this list of stuff we've got to talk about. No more filler stuff from here on out, right? It's NFL time, baby. It's, I mean, we're, we're in the thick of it, right? You may think it's just training camp, but we've got a lot of stuff to go over, a lot of league news going on, um, and still some fun little segments here, here that we're doing. So we'll kind of get into that here. Um, but man, let's, let's just do it. You know what this is? This is all things football. All righty, Chase. So why don't you walk our guests through what we got for them today? Absolutely. Just like the past weeks, we've got a couple of uh, jerseys and helmets that are announced. We're going to run through you. Then we've got a couple of uh, league news things like Brock Purdy might be back. The running backs held a Zoom meeting. And then we've got some deals that happen, right? A couple restructures, a couple of signees. And then to end it out with a couple of segments, we're doing an, a uh, best of the best type of the NFC and AFC. We were breaking them down, the positions, the teams, what to look forward to, Dark Horse MVP. It's going to be fun. Oh, so excited. I'm actually excited to get to actual league news, things that matter yes. and not just fluff things. So listen, if what Chase just said sounds fun and interesting, you guys, make sure you, you stick um, stick with us here as we go ahead and get in. So Chase, as you mentioned, we've got some, some new um, jersey combos, some new helmets, um, so first off, so the Denver Broncos, they unveiled their new snow-capped helmets to go with their alt-orange jerseys. Your quick thoughts here on the snow-capped helmet. Love them. Just like we talked about the Browns when they did the whiteouts, white just works. Anything white, just give it to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what it looks like because they don't have the all-white jerseys, right? They're wearing it with their orange, like the orange jerseys. So I, I like, like I said, you know, last time I prefer the all white, um, but it's still white it goes with pretty much any color. And so it is, it looks good. It's got the throwback logo on it as well. Um, so, so that, so that's cool. So they don't have much going for them. So they got to do a little bit of something here to, to spice it up a little bit. So, um, and then we get a whole new alternate Jersey here, right? Not just a helmet. So the Indianapolis Colts unveil Indiana Knights alternate jersey. Chase, your thoughts on this new alt jersey for Indy? Yeah, I've seen everyone hating it. I like it. I like the jersey. It's got some type of texture to it, like a smoky gradient to it, I think it is. The the helmet looks awesome. I'm not the hugest fan of them together. I don't. They have white accents on the jersey, and then the whole helmet's blacked out. I think it would have looked better if they would have, you know, can, you know, Knights just do the blackout instead of the white accents. But I, I think it's getting extra hate just because everything coming back is so nostalgic, you know, with the throwbacks and stuff that this is new. So they hate it. I think that's why I think if they would have dropped this in June. It would have been loved. Yeah, I, I'm I'm out on this. It doesn't really? look I don't like it at all. It's like just so dark. Uh, obviously, I get the Indian Knights. But to me, like when I saw it first, I was like, this is Duke. Okay. Like I whenever, see. like when I saw, like that's the first thing I thought of was like, and obviously, I mean, there's only so many, so many colors, you know, like yeah. in the rainbow and you know, color schemes and things that you could do, but um, it literally just looks like they just copied and pasted the Duke jerseys, like from everything, from head to toe for it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, I wasn't feeling it too much. We'll see what it looks like, you know, come game day, you know, when, yeah. when they play, it might look a little bit better. But my initial thoughts on it were, I'm, I'm definitely out on those jerseys. I didn't, um, I, I didn't really like them that much. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not like better than the Seattle Seahawks throwbacks, you know, the top notch. But I didn't I didn't think they were as bad as the internet was crapping on them for. Yeah, this is one of the those weird times where I agree with the internet. I tend to huh. I tend to disagree with the internet. Typically, with what the internet really likes, I dislike and vice versa. Um, but I'm with the internet here. They they got this one right. Not not a fan of the Indiana Knights. Not not a fan. But okay. it's just trying to look cool while they kind of turn around their team I, I get what they're trying to do right so yeah. like, I, yeah, i'm yeah. with it right they have to do something you know they get a ar-15 in there so that's excitement throw in some alternate jerseys to kind of get some excitement because they just been um just been a crappy team for for a very long time now unfortunately so trying to get the fans yes. kind of excitement in there so I, I get what they're doing i respect it but i just don't really like the color choices that they chose makes sense but now 
here we've got the best looking jerseys I've ever seen in my life. And that is the Tennessee Titans are thrown back to the Houston Oilers days with those throwback shades. Your thoughts? You know what? I, this might be my cream sickle. I don't know why. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm not feeling it. Not one of the, you know, not the worst Jersey in the league. I think I do like it more than the Colts ones. I'm just not, I, I don't know if it was, just that uh, we've see, have so much. I know they're a different shade of blue, but we have so much red and blue already in the NFL, and it's not that different from the shade the Titans are now. I don't. I don't know if it's just repetitive seeing has numbed me to it, but I, I think these are a little overhyped, in my opinion. You're, you're creamsicle. Listen, I get I get where you're coming from, and I respect it because if you haven't noticed, like when the the Bucks released their creamsicle throwbacks, I was like, I was like, I was out on those. I just doesn't really tickle my fancy, draw my eyes at all. Um, but when I saw these reviews. Those were freaking sweet. I love that collar combo. I wish – I hate their jerseys. Like, their normal jerseys, I think they're trash. I think they're so bad. Really? Um, yeah, I don't like their jerseys. Um, huh. It's weird because, like, blue and white is, like, my favorite color combo. But their light blue that they have and stuff, I don't know. I just – I don't like the light blue. Their dark blue, I like. Okay. Like, when they wear the dark blue, the dark blue I like. But their light blue, their current version of light blue, I, I don't like. Um, but this throwback was sick, dude. Um, and, 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 yeah. No, I love those jerseys. Those are super. I think those, like, if those were like the actual, um, like their actual jerseys, I think I would pick them as as my favorite jersey in the NFL. Interesting, interesting. I think I do think this is going to grow on me when I see him playing it and whatnot. You know, Derrick Henry. I do say that those he wears that rocks that double arm sleeve, having those bright red. That's kind of eye catching. You know, him running down the field in these bright red arm sleeves. But uh, I, I don't think, you know, a lot of people are putting them up there as the best. And I don't think they even compare to the Seattle Seahawks throwbacks we talked about last week. Those are, I think that might be my favorite jersey in the NFL right now. Well, it's the, it's the year of the throwbacks. Year yes. of the throwbacks. So, um, so it's cool. I like, I like when teams kind of do, do different things and, and do throwbacks, do new alternate jerseys. You know, we're seeing a lot more creativity in the no fun league and so yes um so the they're slowly coming around and, and allowing some some new things to happen so so it's good good for the nfl i think it's fun uh, I, I like it a lot i think it's fun yeah definitely um so one of my favorite quarterbacks brock purdy officially back no limitations chase what does that mean here for the 49ers as the start of their training camp well, if it if it is a hundred percent true, and they're not just saying this to the media get off their back, it means he's starter week one. If he's back, you're putting him there until he proves that he can't do it, right? I know you just brought in Sam Darnold. You traded a whole lot of draft compensation for Trey Lance, but he's your starter week one. He held the reins, and I believe they would have been in the Super Bowl if he was healthy. So you give that Cyclone the starting position. Yeah. So listen, I mean, this was always a question, right? It was, he going to be ready, you know, by week one, if he was, he'd be the guy, if not, you know, it'd be Trey, you know, whoever was, you know, next on the docket. Yeah. Um, but if he's ready at the start of training camp, like I just see no reason. Like I, I see, I see unless, unless, you know, Trey Lance goes in there and just completely just dominates camp and wins that starting roster spot back. I just, I don't see any way how Brock Purdy isn't going to be the starter rolling out there week one against the Steelers. It's just, you build off the success that you had last year going into this year. And the 49ers are typically a team that kind of start off slow, um, kind of get the wheels going. So I think he just gives you the best shot at starting out quick. Um, and and so, uh, you know, that was always the question was, when was he going to be ready? And if he is ready, he's the guy. So I th they roll with Brock Purdy and they don't look back. Yep. Other news coming out of the 49ers camp, though, is star defensive in Nick Bosa is holding out for a new contract. He's not reported to training camp. What are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on that specifically? And I want to get your thoughts on players holding out in general, because, you know, like Chris Jones is holding out of camp as well, looking for a new contract. So it's not the first time this has happened, but specifically with Nick Bosa and then in general about players holding out. Yeah, uh, Nick Bosa, I hate just I hate to see it. I understand you got to get your money and whatnot and right. And he probably deserves more than he's making now. He's, I think he's still on his rookie contract right now. But uh Dude, you 
got to. Your team's so close to a Super Bowl, and you're kind of the face of that team, right? You're the reason that they are not the reason they are good because they have a lot of good players. But you know, you come in rookie year Super Bowl, you get hurt. They have a really low draft pick. You're you're healthy again on your third year, and you go to the NFC Championship. Like there's a common theme there. I've talked about it. I believe Nick Bosa is the best defensive player in the NFL right now. I think he has a chance to hit the sack record. And I think holding out doesn't do anyone any good. You see running backs, we kind of talked about last week, but you see all the things going on. When you hold out, it's never good, right? You never come back as healthy as you think. I, and the thing with Nick Bosa, he's got a track record for this. He got hurt Ohio State and he held out the rest of Ohio State and kind of worked out for the draft on his own and didn't report back to the team at all that season. They got hurt like week three or something. And that, that his rookie or his senior year, junior year at college or whatever it was. So maybe it's kind of a common thread that you could have predicted. And then like with Chris Jones, the same thing, they're super, they're chasing super bowls and they're holding out for money. I understand wanting to get paid, but man, I'd, I'd rather just win a super bowl, but that's just me. Sometimes players got to take care of themselves. Yeah. My thing with, with Nick Bosa specifically, then I'll, touch on holding out is does he really think they're not going to pay him like regardless of when it comes like you really like does Nick Bosa really think there and think like I'm literally the best defensive player of the year I'm the best player on on this team like typically you know the quarterbacks are the best player on the roster he's clearly the best player on that team like there's no way that he's not going to get some crazy exuberant highest play defensive player maybe ever type of deal because he, he's worth it and because that position is at a premium, right? You need somebody to go after the quarterback. So yes. in my mind, I just, I don't get it because like you, you, you know, you're going to get paid. So like you're holding out, you're getting fined $50,000 a day on your working contract because nothing has gotten done yet. Like just go in there and play it out. Let the process play it out and you're going to get your bag. So I just, Maybe he's going at it like the fact that maybe he does have some injury history. Maybe he thinks like, oh, if he goes in and he gets hurt, maybe he's not going to get as much money as he as he thinks he should get. Maybe if he's healthy, some strategic things there. But I, I, that just doesn't make sense to, to me to hold out on your rookie on your rookie deal. Doesn't make sense yeah. to me to hold out on your rookie deal. And then there, the greater aspect, like I'm with, I think you should go and get your money. But I, I don't like the idea of holding out. I, I think it's so. No, come right for whatever my opinions were. I I think it's selfish. I I do. I think you're not only hurting yourself, but but you're hurting your team. You're not out there with your team to get better. They're out there putting in the work. Literally, it's freaking 100 degrees outside. They're putting blood, sweat, tears into trying to get better to compete for a championship. And, and you know maybe you're working out on your own doing stuff, and that's great. But it's not the same as being out there in camp with your teammates, with your players, like going through it, building that team chemistry, and just that camaraderie and just being out there. So to me, it's just, it's selfish. I, I don't, I don't like it. And you got to do what you got to do, but I'm just, I've never been a fan of people holding out, you know, of, of reporting to training camp because football is the ultimate team sport, right? Got to do what you, what's best yes. for you. But at the same time, like you got teammates around you that are out there and they want to win. They're there. You should be there as well. Yeah, I um, agree with you. I agree. And, and, you know, the, the Chris Jones situation, I can understand a little, just a little bit more, not, not for holding out. I will never be okay with holding out, but about wins versus money. It's like the dude's got two Super Bowl rings already. Right. So if he, if that's good enough for him and he wants to chase the money, I'm like, okay, listen, more power to you, buddy. You've got the rings. Go, go get the 30 million. You're like Aaron Donald. If Chiefs can't give that to you, see if you can get it elsewhere. I don't want him to leave. I think is an integral part of, of our team. Absolutely. But from that aspect, I think, okay, you've got two rings, try and get as, you know, maximize that to get as much money as you can. If that's, what's more important to you now in your career, than building on that and getting more rings. Like we talk about DeAndre Hopkins, like he could have gone somewhere else to get rings. Instead he chose to get, you know, to, to get paid. And that's what some of these players are having to do. So Chris Jones obviously wants to be a chief. We'll see what happens there. But um, I, yeah, I'm just, I've never been a fan of, of players holding out. Uh, and I, and I think it's selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with like Nick Bosa, you talked about it. If the 49ers can't afford him, right. Can't give him his money. Someone's going to like, he is a premier position. Even if he gets hurt, like Joey Bosa had really bad injuries and he still got paid a lot of money by the chargers. There's someone out there going to give him what he needs. Now, is that team going to be as good as the 49ers that gives them the team, you know, 
Probably not. I don't think there's many teams better than the 49ers right now, but I don't think the 49ers are letting him walk anyway. Maybe he's scared of the franchise tag. Maybe that's what he's fearful of. I know the players kind of hate that, but yeah, don't hold out. I hate it. It's bad for football. Bad for you, really. You can't keep your body in football shape. So the holdout doesn't benefit anyone. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, so speaking of, of holdouts, um, the running backs. There is this, <laughs> this huge running back drama. We've, we've talked about it before. Um, but something that has happened since um, last week was they, they held a Zoom meeting to talk about the current state of their position. And I'm just, I, I wish I could have been like a fly on the wall to kind of hear what yes. it was that they were saying, because to me, that's not like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. Yes. No, I agree with you. Like what are like, you guys are just whining and crying about not getting paid. And then what's like, <laughs> Like what's like what's, what's the, the zoom plan? meeting? Like it's like okay, let's exaggerate injuries. Like let's let's sit out, let's hold out. Um, you know, we stick together as as a as a position group and they'll have to raise it. It's like guys, like y'all one, that's just stupid. If you can't you don't have, clearly you don't have the power. Clearly you don't have the power. If it was quarterbacks, now we're talking. But running yes. backs, like you're in this predicament here because you are a devalued position. So there's no way that you guys are going to be able to have any sway with the NFL owners or anything like that because you just don't have it. Um, your value, your position is valued at ten million dollars a year. That's that's what it is, and yeah. that's I mean to these teams, I mean that's chump change, honestly. But um. That's just what the position is about. So I, I don't get what the purpose of that was other than to look really, really stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the funniest thing in the world. We already know how I kind of feel about Eckler and think about Eckler, but he's the one that's kind of being the most vocal. He's attacking kind of the media guys out there on Twitter. He's the one that organized the Zoom call. And in reality, he's the one that showed the t other teams that running back's not a valued, right? Undrafted player putting up those type of numbers that he does, even though the offense is kind of designed for him to put up those numbers, it's still, he's like, hey, we don't need to pay players and we could just find these guys, you know, sitting there in free agency at 21 years, 24 years old. So it's kind of funny that his success is the downfall of his position. I just, it, it's, it's funny to me. Yeah, and I just, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, like, I just don't get it. Um yeah. Like there's nothing that they can do, literally nothing, because it's yeah. also it's all it's all part of the CBA, like it's it's built into the CBA what the franchise tag is, like what the position values are, like it's it's all baked into the cake, um, and so like there's just nothing you can do to to, to go in there and change anything. Yes. Like you can gripe and whine and moan all, all you want, but it just makes you look like little whiner babies, and, yeah. and it just is super annoying. Like go out. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, what? Who? Like, I would go out and pay for five hundred thousand dollars. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, if you get sign me a contract a whole NFL season for five hundred thousand dollars, I would do it in a heartbeat. Because five hundred freaking thousand dollars. Okay, I ain't yes. making anywhere close to that. And you're no. whining about ten million dollars. Like seriously, like bro. Like I just that's just it's so it's just so stupid. <laughs> Like I get it. Like you think like you're worth more and that's fine, but clearly you're not worth it more or else you'd be being paid more. And honestly, I just want to leave it at that because I, I just don't want else to say at that point. And it's just, it, it's a, it's, they're trying to make the NFL look bad by complaining about it. And it's just making them look bad. The NFL and the owners come out on top of this one because everyone can agree because everyone has eyes who can see that, the running requisition is just not as important as it was before. This is not. Yeah. 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 I agree. And the funny part is, is the really big stars that are there, you know, week in and week out that joined the zoom call got paid CMC, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, those guys got their back. So and they just joined there to so like solidarity, you know, we're in this for you, but they they already got their money. They're not sitting out a season. So it's just, it's laughable. Yeah. And then what's even more laughable is 
somebody that was kind of spearheading this alongside Eckler, Saquon Barkley, <laughs> turns around like within like 24 hours and then signs a contract with the Giants. What it, he signs, it, so it, it, it's a a, a one year <laughs> deal, same as the franchise tag, for eleven million dollars. So it's ten million dollars guaranteed franchise tag okay. with nine hundred and nine thousand dollars in incentives. So it it's literally the same freaking thing. And yeah. to make matters even worse, there is there is um, he did not add a no tag clause, meaning we can watch this all repeat itself next season when they inevitably are going to franchise tag him again. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's funny, you know, he left 19 and a half million guaranteed with a $23 million incentive, you know, to get to $23 million for two years. He left it on the table because he wasn't happy with that. And then he signed an 11 million one year. I thought the whole thing was that they wanted longevity. I thought that was their whole thing, right? They didn't like the franchise tag because it wasn't guaranteeing him next season. Then you turn around and sign the franchise tag with incentives. It it just, you know, kind of like the whole Lamar thing. He bet on himself and he didn't make it. Lamar's turned out a little bit different because he is a quarterback and they get paid a little bit more. But when you bet on yourself and you go out there in the free agent world and you want to request a trade like Eckler or Saquon, you know, holding out for the bigger deal, life hits you fast. Yeah, and uh, um, the the Giants called this bluff. They went and signed James Robinson, and they're like, yeah. bro, if you're threatening to hold out, we'll go grab another guy, whatever. And I think that put pressure on Saquon. I was like, damn, these guys might be like, might be willing to let me sit it out, and they're making moves to kind of show that they are. And so he's like, okay, let me, you know, he freaked out, right? He caved and he's like, now nah, let me get back here with this deal and then we'll go. But he's, he's not playing on the franchise. So I, I guess that's the, that's the compromise, right? Where he's not technically playing on the franchise tag because he signed a one year deal. Right. So it's, it's literally the franchise tag with incentives, but it's not technically the franchise tag. So you can technically yeah. say he signed a deal is not playing on the franchise tag, right? Which was his big thing. I'm not playing on a franchise tag. So I, it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's like that Spider-Man meme where yeah. like, they're just all pointing at each other. And it's like, bro, it's literally the same freaking thing. But um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, That's I, I don't know. So now um, yeah. I guess we'll see what happens. So Josh Jacobs is the only one now um, out there. So we'll see if, you know, he decides to show up, if there's a deal that gets done with him, you know, whatever it is. But um, yeah, the, yeah I, I, just, I feel like my – I, this is just annoying because I feel like it's just going to be a yearly thing every single year. Like, what, how do we go back from it now? Like, another running back next year is going to get a franchise tag, you know, and it's just going to keep being in a cycle where running backs in, per, in forever are just going to be annoyed and pissed off every season because their positions isn't being valued. But it's like, yes. if you go out there and, like, do something worth the value to change, like, that's the only thing you can control. When you get the ball, go out there and dominate, score touchdowns, increase the value of your position. Like if you want more money, then you have to play at an elite level to where you're worth more. You know, your value increases. So you can control that. Good luck to you because it's difficult when we're in a passing league. Um, but some running backs are able to do it. Be versatile and and, and go out there and, and show you what you got. So um, but yeah, I just I just I don't want else I don't want us to talk about yeah, the running backs. We kind of said pretty much everything that we can at this point. Yep. All right, let's 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 move on. Yeah, that gives me that gives me a headache. I'm not gonna lie. Um, we've got some contract signings, restructuring, extent. This is what we love right here. Yes. Um, let's start off here with Trevon Diggs in Dallas gets an extension. Five years for $97 million. Dallas have locked in Diggs for the foreseeable future. Yep, I like the move. Diggs, you know, he had that one year where he had the 11 picks and he's kind of getting exposed. He, his picks went down last year, but he actually became, I believe, a lockdown number one cornerback. Right, he didn't give up a lot of a lot of uh, yards. Didn't get didn't get nearly the amount of picks. But I'd rather have the guy that's kind of just I can trust on. Right, I can put my faith in Trayvon Diggs to lock down the other guys one on one. That I think the game against his I think it was the first game against Mike Evans. I think he completely shut Mike Evans out. I, I maybe it was last year they played two years in a row now, but I think it was this year. Like that showed me, hey, this guy might be a 
might be the real deal. I really like Diggs. I, I think this is a good deal for Dallas. They got to keep that defense intact if they have any hope in winning a Super Bowl. Not that's not crapping on the offense. That's crapping on the head coach calling the plays. That defense needs to be able to to you know stop the other team just as much as they're getting stopped. So uh, I like this deal. No, I'm with you. I don't think it's a bad deal at all. I think it's a, it's an important deal, right? They get a guy um, a little bit earlier, right? Um, he was in a contract year, so they got him a little bit early. Um, and so I, I honestly, I think they're thinking about some of the contracts that are coming up for the cornerback position. They're going to look at Pat Sertain. They're going to look at Sauce Gardner, some of these other guys that I think are better than Diggs. Um, and so they're trying to get a little bit ahead of the market. Um, and so when you sign this deal a little bit earlier, you can get at a more value, right? You can just get more value because yeah. now, you know, Sauce and Pat, they can go look at that and be like, bro, we're better than that. So we worth more, right? So that's always the benefit of signing players earlier rather than later, which I'm a big fan of. Um, and so, um, yeah, so I think it's smart on, on both sides. So I, I, I think that's a great, I think it's a great signing and, um, it's an important one as well. Absolutely. Talk about important. Here's the next one. We're getting into the quarterbacks. Um, and this is it. So let's, um, let's talk about your guy. Okay. My guy, Rogers. Let's do it. All right. My guy Rogers took a $35 million pay cut for the Jaguars. Now it's just a two year, $75 million deal he's on. And uh, I don't have a lot to say about it, but uh, the greats do it, right? The greats take the pay cut. The greats allow other people to come in and sign and play around them, right? You, Tom Brady was famous for it, right? He made all the deals. You know, his, his future deals were shorter and shorter. He was never in the top 10 paid quarterbacks in this decade because he knew that he needed other people to come in protection wise, running back wise, not really now anymore, but uh, pass catchers, defensive players. So uh, it's just something that he's doing to show the Jags that he's not there for the money. He's there for the ring. So I'm excited. I'm good. Glad to see it. I, I was shocked. I was like literally shocked because that is not the Aaron Rodgers that I know. I mean, Green Bay Aaron Rodgers would have never in a million years have done that. And you can attest to that. Yes. Never, never in a million years would he have cons- even like considered taking a pay cut. And yes. the fact that he took a $35 million pay cut, it, I, I, I still don't even believe it's like a real deal. Like to me that – I mean, I just, I was looking at like, especially how he was last year, where it's like, he didn't want to work out with his receivers. He didn't want to do anything there. He was getting paid like a hundred million dollars, like just for no reason, like just to like, he didn't even need to sign a new contract, but he went back and made him sign a new contract. And it was, it was all, all this different stuff. And now this year, you know, this with the jets, he's actually showing up to things. Now he's showing up to OTAs. Like he's smiling. He's happy. He's working out with the players. Like he's getting along with teammates and he's taking freaking pay cuts. Like, I'm still not fully into the Jets. I know, like, you are. Um, But this is kind of moving me towards that direction. Yeah. Um, Because that's a big deal. Uh, It's it's a big deal for any quarterback, but that's an even bigger deal because it's Aaron Rodgers that's doing it. Um, And so the fact that he's still... He let, I mean, he's leaving $35 million on the table so they can not be in cap hell in prison for the next two years. So that way he can go in there and have a shot at, at winning ring. Now he's not going to because he, if he really wanted to win, he would have stayed in the NFC. Uh, but instead he went to the AFC. So it's, it's not going to happen within the next two years. Um, but they're going to give it the old college try. But he's doing the best that he can do to, to be on a team that, that can do it. But the, the Jets are still going to be the Jets regardless of who their quarterback is. But that's that, that's that's a, that's an impressive thing i'm just i'm i'm honestly speechless yes yes i i when i seen that i was a little shocked and i'm just uh like i said i just guarantee you know now this guarantees that the jets believe that they are contenders and aaron Rodgers believes that he can contend for a ring you know and the packers i don't know if he didn't have that belief i see a lot of people on packer twitter of course i'm on packer twitter that they don't like Aaron Rodgers at all. They're talking bad. He gave up on Green Bay, blah, blah, blah. We drafted his replacement. He gave us two MVP seasons. I don't think he gave up. I think he was just time for him to move on. I think it just naturally occurred and it was time for him to go. And now he's happy somewhere else. And we have Jordan Love. 
and I'm ready for the next season. That's crazy. And even like reached out to Jordan Love too. Did you see that? Where you like called yes. Jordan Love ahead of it to like check on him or something like that? Like, what the freak, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like that's like that's just crazy. I seen something, you know, the media didn't show you this, but during the offseason after he got traded and the whole drama that kind of went down there, they met up in California, him and Jordan Love, after he was off the Packers and they were like working out together. Like, you know, I think he I think that darkness retreat, he kind of remembered how Favre treated him. He's like, wait a second. Wait a second. I got to do better than what Favre did. So now he's making his amends. There we go. We'll see how that works out there for the Jets. But um, the biggest signing of the day, biggest yes. news, is that Justin Herbert signs a five-year, $262.5 million. Um, this has happened about three or four times so far this year, but becomes the highest paid NFL quarterback in, uh, in NFL history. At $52.5 million a year. That is freaking insane. But Chase, your thoughts here on on Justin Herbert being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Does he does he deserve it? Uh, I think I think that's kind of a bloated number. Kind of we talked about signing early. You know, quarterbacks come out. This is his draft class turn to sign. He's the first one to get it. He'll be the highest paid player for another three weeks, and then Joe Burrow will break that. And then you wait a year, and then Trevor Lawrence will break that. The cat, you know, revenue for the NFL is going up, caps going up, so the money goes up, right? We've seen, you know, there's been how many players, you even mentioned it in your opening, you know, Lamar broke it, Jalen Hurts then broke Lamar, Pat broke it a couple or I think a year and a half ago or what. So I think this is just, you, they, they got their franchise guy. Everyone knows it, except for Emmanuel Acho, for some weird reason, doesn't like Herbert. But I think he's the only one in the world that doesn't. I think this is a necessary signing. $52.5 million a year. I think that's going to become the new kind of normal for these franchise quarterbacks to sign. You got your guy, don't let him get away. Yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert's a stud. Um, hundred percent. Is is he worth fifty two and a half million dollars? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it and you can think, you know, he's never won a playoff game. Um. So I mean, is he really worth that much if you never won a playoff game? Because that's kind of what I look I look at, right? Like, can you be good in the regular season? Sure. But what? Can you get to the playoffs? Can you win the playoff games? That's kind of where I put put the value on it. Like that's one of the biggest reasons why I was so against that Daniel Jones signing is just cause like, I mean, this is nothing there, but Justin Herbert, obviously I'm not trying to compare it to Justin I was going to say that <laughs> is, I mean, it's phenomenal. I love just, I love, I love Justin Herbert. I'm, I was so mad. He went to the chargers. Um, I love Justin Herbert. So um, is, is he worth that much money? I would say no, just because he's hasn't, I mean, he's never won a playoff game. Right, yeah. He just hasn't done it yet. So is he worth that much? No, but it, it is a cycle, right? So you're not going to pay him less than what, you know, some other quarterback is making because that's just what it is. Every every single quarterback, regardless, like we've seen this, like Kyler Murray's never in a playoff game. He became the highest paid quarterback player for a while. I mean, it's just right now with the quarterbacks, every time someone's up, they just they just get the most money. Yes. Um, and it's just it's just how it works, right? So Joe Burrow's gonna do the same thing. He's gonna get maybe fifty three million, right? Instead of fifteen and a half. So um I don't I mean I don't have a problem with it, but if you're gonna ask me if you know Justin Herbert worth that much, I would say no. Um, but he could definitely could be. Um I'm expecting I think this year I think this year might be Justin Herbert's best year ever. And I think I, it's gonna have to be because after after this year, there's a they're going to struggle mightily with the cap. They have two wide receivers making over $30 million. They have <laughs> Khalil Mack making like 40 million. I mean, they just, they have a lot of, a lot of like players eating up the cap. They're going to have to shake some things up. So while they got the band together this year, I think is going to be the best, the best chance to kind of go out there and, 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 and do it. Um, I think getting Kellen Moore there on, on offense coordinator, I think is going to be great for him. Huge. Um, so excited to see, excited to see Justin Herbert. Um, hopefully Brandon Staley just doesn't mess it up um, um, for him. Well, I mean, as a Chiefs fan, hopefully he does, right? But um, <laughs> I, I I love Justin Herbert. I, I think he's I think he's great. Um, I love watching him play. I uh, love beating him as well. Um, and so, uh, yeah. yeah. So I mean, this you can't say he's he's underpaid by any means. So I would I would say if no. anything, he's overpaid. Like he's being way overpaid because he really hasn't done anything. I mean, no MVPs one playoff appearance that he looked dominant and then choked, um, you know, and, and, and gave up that yeah. 28 point. 20. Lead. So 
Yeah. I mean, so it's tough to it's tough to say, you know, that he he's you know he would be underpaid by any means, even though he's he's phenomenal talent, like great quarterback, love him, but um, definitely definitely overpaid there. But when you got your franchise guy, and I believe he is, you have you have to do that deal. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I I get the overpaid thing, never won a playoff game, but also you got to look the circumstance. Justin Herbert's in, not great, right? He's doing the best he can. Got drafted to the worst division for him to go to, right? The Chiefs and Pat Mahomes own that division and will continue to own that division. I think you take him him out and you put him in any other division. And I think this is a different conversation. I think he gets paid the same, but I think, you know, you're saying, oh, is he really, you know, is he the Josh Allen? He's, you know, I think he's universally put up there with Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. It's just because he's that second, you know, little brother in the uh, West, you know, AFC West there. I think that's why this, because I believe he is the third best quarterback in the league, hands down. So I think, I think it just has the, you know, the, I call it the Aaron Rodgers treatment, right? Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, as their careers progressed, Tom Brady's division got weaker and weaker. So it made him look even better. Now I'm not saying that, you know, that's why he won all those. Clearly it takes a lot to win seven Super Bowls, but then you look at Aaron Rodgers and he got worse and, you know, his division got harder and harder. Good teams came up. The Niners popped up out of nowhere. And then now he's going to the Jets where that's the hardest division I've ever seen in football. So it's just kind of you got to take that into account, I think, when you're evaluating individual players. I mean, yeah, go out and win. If you want $50 million a year, go out and win, baby. But, or you cannot win and still get paid $50 million a year. So, I mean, he, um, I think, what, he won 11 games last year? Yeah, I mean, he's With his a, team destroyed. So he did win. He just didn't just, win the big one. But, um, but yeah, but. Hey, congrats on you, man, for for stealing the bag. I mean, that's great. So, yes, set up for for freaking life. Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so that kind of wraps up the league news. Uh, a lot of league news there to go over, and there was some that even that we left off. Um, so there's still more stuff there. So, yes. Um, but um, glad to finally have meaningful conversations about meaningful things that are happening instead of just the fluff pieces. And, yeah. And training camp stars. So, and, yep. So fo- football is, is back, right? Training camp means football is back 43 days, I believe until the season opens there in Kansas city. So, um, it'll be here before you know it. I can't even believe yes. that we're already here to training camp. It feels like just yesterday, the super bowl was being played and, and I was thinking, man, what am I going to do for the next five months? And, all? <laughs> yeah. and, and here we are just a couple months away. So Oof. super fun stuff. So, um, let's go ahead and move on to our segments here for the day. We've yes. got the um, all-star um, kind of AFC and NFC teams by category. So um, a lot of different categories here that we're doing. Some is like generalized where it's just the team. Some is um, individualized where it's the actual player um, specifically. Um, so those um, categories, I'll just read it off to you real quick. Is Perfect. quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, um, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, cornerback, safety, best team, worst team, team with the most upside, best coach, um, which team has the most to lose, who is a dark horse MVP, and then special teams. Absolutely. Okay, and so we're going to start off here with the AFC. Um, let's just go. Um, let's just go back and forth, right? So quarterback, quarterback, running back, running back, et cetera. So yeah, yep. Um, I'll go here first. Here, I think it's a no-brainer. Here, we're talking AFC, so we're doing quarterback. It's got to be Patrick Mahomes. Yep, yep. Not a lot to talk about. Uh, MVP, Super Bowl MVP, probably going to be the number one in that bogus top 100 list that the NFL Network puts out every year. He's just the best player in the league, and he could have been potentially the best player we've seen ever. Yeah, you know, definitely the best player so young. So easy, num- you know, the first thing I filled out when I was doing this, Pat Mahomes, quarterback. Easy money. Um, running back here in the AFC, I went with Nick Chubb. Okay, I thought about Nick Chubb. I went with the Wisconsin Badger, Jonathan Taylor. I know he had a down year last year, but I think he is just good a runner as Nick Chubb, and I think his hands are a little bit better. I think he'll have a bounce-back year, and I was kind of projecting for next year. I think he's the guy to do it. I think Nick Chubb would be a close second, followed by Derrick Henry, but I just got Jonathan Taylor a little bit more. 
Yeah, so I love Jonathan Taylor coming out of college. I wanted the Chiefs to draft him so bad, but instead we took freaking Clyde <laughs> Edwards Alaire. I was so pissed. We could have yes. had Jonathan Taylor, even J.K. Dobbins. I like J.K. Dobbins. Ooh, I, I like J.K. Dobbins. I went with freaking Clyde Edwards Alaire. Anyway, um, so big fan, a big fan of Jonathan Taylor, but he's only had that one year where he just popped off and was like insane. Other than that, we really haven't seen much from him. And so Chubb is like yeah. a consistent dude where every year True. he's, he's consistent. So for me, uh, for me, I got to go with Chubb. I, I just like Chubb better than Derrick Henry personally. Um, yeah. I, I love Derrick Henry a lot, but um, I think Chubb can off, offers more at the position to his team. Yep. And Derrick Henry's got bricks for hands. Great running back, running back, hardest runner I've ever seen. Doesn't track the football well, doesn't catch the football well. Both Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb catch it better, so. Agreed. So wide receiver, I went with Devontae Adams. Okay, that's who I went with. I think I think Devontae Adams is still the number one wide receiver in the league. And Devontae Adams is my favorite player probably of all time in the NFL. So I'm sticking with my boy Devontae. Yep, agreed. Um, tight end, really another no-brainer here. Um, we've got Killatrav, Travis Kelsey yep. of the Chiefs. Yep. yep, Big Yeti, as he likes to be called. Oh, you know, yeah. That's that's the number one tight end of the league. I think number one tight end of all time. We've discussed that on previous podcast. Easy. Easy money. Um, offensive line, maybe a little biased. I don't know. I think I can make a good case for it. I went with the Chiefs. Okay. Okay. Yep. I This is the one I struggle with the most. I think I went the Baltimore Ravens. Consistently great. They have so much more to do with Lamar. Sitting sometimes sit in the pocket. Sometimes you have no idea where he is. Lamar doesn't take sacks. Maybe makes the offensive line look a little bit better. And the offensive line is spearheaded with Tyler Lindenbaum, Iowa Hawkeye, Iowa born guy. So I think that gave it the edge over to me. Yeah. So no Lindenbaum the base, but I just think I mean we've got the best center in the NFL in Creed Humphrey. Um, we've got two guards that are studs. Obviously, going into the season's a little bit of things. We get two new tackles. The two tackles we had before wasn't anything great. We were able to win the Super Bowl yeah. with it. So, I think the I think the offensive line is is very underrated here for the Chiefs. I think the Browns might have might have the best offensive line if I'm looking at it. I thought of, you know as as a whole, but um, I went ahead with Chiefs. Just maybe it's my bias. I mean, I try not to do that when it comes to these things. Um, but I think I think the Chiefs just have a very underrated um, offensive line. It's not talked about enough, so I wanted to go ahead and shut them out. Yeah, no, I I don't think you're biased at all. They were they were my they would be my number two. I considered them, and then I considered the Browns as well. I just gave the nod to the Ravens. So and zero sacks in the Super Bowl. So I mean, it's true. It's true. Um, yes, the Eagles. It's because that turf. <laughs> <laughs> um, D line, you know what? I went with my defensive line here, and I got Pittsburgh Steelers all day. That's I. I went to. I thought about the Browns for a little bit, but I think the, I think the, uh, the amount of studs the Steelers have with Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, and they have that the other left end that's pretty good. I can't think of his name right now. So I went with the Steelers as well. Nice. Um, linebacker. This one was a tough one, just because like linebacker is not like a position I I, I think about really yes. a lot. So I went Ravens here. I was thinking wow. um, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. Um, to me, I just think stand out as a tandem um, that I that I like. So that's this is on. This is my toughest one for for um, the AFC was linebacker the linebackers. Yep, yep. I went the Bills with Matt Milano. I think he's super underrated, and I really like him as a linebacker, kind of do-it-all type of linebacker. Cornerback, I got – I went Sauce Gardner. I think um, Sauce Gardner and Patrick Sertan, I think, are my top two cornerbacks probably in the league, but definitely in, in the AFC. Um, and so I think you go either way there, but um, I have – I have visions of Devonta Adams cooking pass retain and overtime win last season. That's true. And I've got Sauce Gardner shutting down wing defensive rookie of the year. So in this case, based on that, I had to put him as, as my number one. Yep. Yep. I went Pat Sertan. I think he, I think uh, rookie year, we've seen a lot of rookie of the years win look really great win rookie of the year and then kind of fade to nothing. So I, I don't think, I think Sauce Gardner is one of the best in the league. I don't think that happens, but I just went, consistency Pat Sertan's been that guy since he was drafted he would have won rookie of the year if Michael Parsons hadn't been the same year so 
I, I would just went PS2. Can't argue there. Safety, Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay, I went Derwin James. I just like Derwin James' play style a little bit more. I know he struggles with the health issues, but I think he is the better guy. I'm not mad at Minka, though. He was my number two. Yeah, I mean, just as they, I don't have it up here, but I saw a thing where they're comparing it where like Derwin James was like being as number one, but like the stats were like ridiculously skewed and favored towards Mika Fitzpatrick. Like if you look at the breakdown, Fitzpatrick dominates him at every single level. Um, but that's you know, here or there, but Fitzpatrick, I think, went there. So um, best team, um, Kansas City. Yep. They just won the Super Bowl. They still have Pat Mahomes. They're going to be the best. They're going to be the best. Um, worst team. I did I, the I did the Colts. Okay. I'm a little higher on the Colts with Jonathan Taylor and, you know, my love for AR. So I went Texans. You know, I still don't believe in that defense really fixed anything. Their wide receiver weapons, even though they brought people in, I don't really like them. That offensive line, even outside of Tunsil, Tunsil's a beast. I just thought that offensive line's poor. Rookie quarterback. I like CJ Stroud a lot, but I still don't think that they're there yet. Yeah, so I'll, I'll touch on that because for my team with the most upside, I actually went to Texans. Um, and so this is the reason why I don't have them as my worst, and this is the reason why that um, I have them for my upside. So one, they were competitive last year. They took the Chiefs to overtime. They were leading with like two minutes left against the Cowboys in the fourth quarter. Like they played good teams. They paid them competitively and were in positions to win. They just couldn't finish it out. And obviously they were lacking the most important position. Um, and obviously the whole team itself just, you know, wasn't put together very well. So bring in D'Amico Ryan, you've got um, some wide receivers coming in. You've got CJ Stroud, you've got Will Anderson Jr. I just think a whole culture shift to where this team has a, a lot of up, a lot of upside. I'm not expecting, you know, great things from them. Um, but I think there's more upside to the Texans than most people are, are kind of considering and looking at. And so that's why... That was my reason there. Why the one they're not my worst. I think they're more competitive than people think. And with the upside, just with that new culture change and all the new young pieces they're bringing in to build on, I, I think they have tremendous upside. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I, there, there are a lot of uh, prog progress in the makings. I just think where they were, they still haven't dug themselves out enough yet to get away from that worse than the AFC. But my upside, I have the Jags. I am all in on the Jags. I honestly think there's a there's a tiny percentage chance that they could be the Super Bowl team this year from the AFC. I think they have the pieces. I'm really hyped for Calvin Ridley with Trevor Lawrence. I think that defense looked pretty good last year, bringing in a couple pieces. Hopefully their first overall pick and uh, Walker gets better. Tyson Campbell, super underrated. I'm all in on the Jags. I think they've got the biggest upside. And Dougie, second year under Dougie P, can't wait to see what happens. Jags are in there. Yeah, I didn't have my upside. It's because I already have them as, as, a, as a contender. I sure. think um, so. That's the reason why I didn't have on my upside because I, I already I already see them at that level. But I, so I'm yeah. with you 100. percent Most to lose and stick with me here. The most to lose, I went with the Jets. I did. Uh, too. You did too. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. My reasoning, real quick. Um, this was obviously before the Aaron Rodgers restructure, um, but even still, uh, my mind was there. They were taking on all that cap, right, for Aaron Rodgers to kind of go in there and go after Super Bowl. But they're, there's a lot of pressure on them, right? We saw what the Bucks did when they got Brady. We saw what the Rams did when they got Stafford. The Broncos tried it with Wilson. didn't work out. But the league's two for one um, when, it, when it's coming there, um, or two for three when getting veteran quarterbacks on new teams. And so Aaron Rodgers has it. So I think there's immense pressure on Rodgers, I think there's immense pressure on that organization to say that trade was worth it. Bringing him in on was worth it. Um, stunting Zach Wilson's gross maybe was worth it. You know, however you want to look at it. But I think in the AFC, I think they, I think they definitely have the most to lose. I agree. I, I went with most to lose is who benefits the worst from having a bad season. And I think it's the Jets, right? If the Jets are, you know, don't make the playoffs or just kind of where they were last year or just sneak into the playoffs, I think they become kind of the Broncos laughingstock of the league, right? They got this coach, Robert Sala. He had a decent year. They looked okay. And then they kind of fell off and they look okay. And then they were awful. They brought Nathaniel Hackett over. He still has that Broncos stink on him. Aaron Rodgers had his worst year ever statistically. Still a good year for most quarterbacks, but 
Uh, worst year statistically last year. If he comes over and plays bad, they're just laughing stocks in the league. So I think that was the most to lose for me. Cool. Uh, the dark horse MVP. Uh, maybe it's not a dark horse, but I just don't think uh, I, I would be surprised if he's not in the conversation, but I also wouldn't be surprised. You know, I went with Trevor Lawrence as my dark okay. horse MVP. Same, same. I actually, I actually just looked at his odds. I'm thinking of actually maybe betting on him. I think he is real MVP caliber and I can't wait to see him play this next year. Yeah, that's great. Um, special teams. This was another tough one. So for me, I just went like, I don't really pay attention to special teams that much just because they're not really exciting. Yeah. Um, but I went with who's the best kicker in the AFC. And so that was Justin <laughs> Tucker. So I went special teams, Justin Tucker and the Ravens. Yep. We're on the I same, same brain length. I just went, when I looked at special teams, I said, who has the best kicker to my knowledge? And it was Justin Tucker. And that's the one I picked the Ravens. So special teams, I really think it's the worst part of football hands down. And so I just went based off the best kicker. Yep, I, I agree. And don't, you know, get me wrong. Like, I understand the importance of special teams, right? Field position. Like we look at what happened. The whole Super Bowl changed because Kadarius Tony had that punt return, right? So like I understand the value of, of the strategic value of it, but the majority of the time it's just boring. It's yes. just nonsense. And so it, it could be, I think the NFL could benefit by pulling back on special teams. Um, just in my opinion, but um, yeah. Um, okay, that was the AFC um, kind of um, breakdown there. I'm not really sure what to call it, but just kind of the, the best of the AFC. That's what it is. So that was the best yep. of the AFC that we had here. So let's go on to the best of the NFC, Chase. I'll let you go first here. So hit us off here with your quarterback. Absolutely. I think the NFC really has a hard uh, problem with quarterbacks. They don't have a lot of great ones, so this one's an easy choice. It's Jalen Hurts. You mean you didn't go Dak Prescott? I, you'll see his name later, but it's it's uh, Jalen Hurts. He's I thought the for sure. Right now. I thought for sure I was going to hear you say Dak Prescott there. <laughs> I was going to have to fight you. No, because um, no. clearly, clearly, it's Brock. No, I'm just I wouldn't go there if I did. I, I I did Hurts as well. I mean, yeah. um, it's it it's it was weird going through this with how easier it was for me to do AFC than it was the NFC. Um, just because of how stacked the AFC, I was like, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy. In the NFC, I'm like, dang, like, who was there? Who was really there? Uh, um, but Hurts, when I'm talking about quarterbacks, um, bar none, it's got to be Hurts. Yeah. Now, I think Hurts might be a little overrated just because of the playoffs, right? They get to the Super Bowl, kind of that Matt Stafford effect, where Matt Stafford's still getting top 10 nods this year, and he's not a top 10 quarterback ever in his career. But uh, so I think that may be affecting people's view a little bit. Like the casual fan now knows who Jalen Hurts is. So he gets, you know, his stats, you know, ranking elevated. But in the NFC, it's not hard to be the best quarterback right now. So now we're moving on to running back. I thought this one was super simple. It's CMC, Christian yep. McCaffrey. Yep. No, not even, don't even need to go on about it. CMC for yep. sure. All right. Another one I thought was a knock in the park. The number two best wide receiver in the league, Justin Jefferson. Hands down. That was like, Perfect. that was the only, for me, that was the only one in the NFC where I saw it immediately. It was like, boom, like, like I didn't have to think about it. I was like Justin Jefferson. Um, yep. I, yep. I just, I, I love, yep. I love, I love, J I, love J I, I do too. <laughs> I'm like speechless because it's so freaking good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. He's, he's really the only Vikings player that I actually like want to watch and root for. He's so just, he, he's, he seems like a great guy. Him interacting with the kids doing the gritty. He's just, yeah. Jefferson. All right. Tight end. This was an easy one for me. George Kittle. I think he's still the best. I know he's got his injury problems, but all said and done, I think he's the best complete tight end in the league. I think Kelsey's the best tight end of all time. But when you put the blocking and the route running, the catching, his rack ability, I think George Kittle's the best at that. Yeah, I, I went Kittle as well. Um, I almost did Dallas Goddard. I really like Dallas Goddard a lot. Um, but he's being a whiner baby about the Super Bowl still. So <laughs> got to go George Kittle. George Kittle, perfect. All right, speaking of that Super Bowl, we're going to the offensive line. I think it is the Eagles. I think the Cowboys are very, very close with that offensive line, but I think it's the Eagles. They just made it to the Super Bowl based off of that, right? Made everyone on that team look good because they could sit there. The running backs can pick which hole they wanted to. Hurts had all the time in the world. I went to Eagles for offensive line. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I did the same. I mean, yep. there's there's uh, the the was the QB sneak works ninety two percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a reason why it's because those big guys up front. So I think O line for sure, Eagles. Yep, yep. Here's I think another easy one. I defensive line. I went with the 49ers. I think yep. we already talked about Nick Bosa, and he has just all types of studs on their defensive with him. So I think it's pretty pretty simple there. I don't think we need to spend too much time unless you've got something on that. Nope, I did I did 49ers as well. Perfect. All right, moving on to linebacker. I thought, again, this one was pretty simple for me. I think he's the best linebacker in the league. I went Fred Warner. Fred Warner, yep. Perfect. All right, <laughs> moving yeah. on. The, the NFC, they have the best of the best or the the rest, really. Yeah. So I cornerback, this one was a little bit harder. I went with Jahir Alexander. I think there's four guys that are standing the top and three of them play in the uh, AFC. So Jahir was just the only one left in the NFC. I, I, I did that as well. I honestly, okay. to be honest, I, to be honest, I was, cause I think of quarterbacks and this is the thing where like cornerbacks are like, Oh, I don't know. He's AFC. No, he's AFC. No, AFC. Yeah. I had a freaking Google. I said, okay, stop. Tell me the, all the quarterbacks in the NFC right now, because I can only think of AFC. And I was going through it, and as soon as I saw his name, I was like, oh, yes, dude's a stud. Um, I think I, I went with Jay Alexander as well. Yep, yep. I think there's, you know, like I said, I think PS2, Jalen Ramsey, Sauce Gardner, and Jahir are in a tier of their own in cornerbacks, and only one of them plays in the NFC. All right, safety. This is where we might get into a little debate. It's kind of, this was really, honestly, one of the harder ones for me. I went Jamal Adams from the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, yeah. I for you're yes. Um, I tore his ACL week one last year. I know he didn't play a lot, but I still believe he's a stud. Yeah, I for I forgot about him because I was thinking he was he was a jet. jet. <laughs> to be honest, there with the with, with the safeties, I was I was lost on this one. Yes. I was just scrambling around. So I I had a I, yeah I I mean. Yeah, I think I would go him. I just I put down um I put down Jesse Bates. Okay, um, for the Falcons. For the Falcons, yep. just because I, I could I honestly couldn't think of anybody there for that. And not Joel, I didn't even think of Joel Adams because I was still thinking he was a jet. He's a jet. Yeah, and it didn't help. Um, he tore his ACL week one, didn't play. Yeah. I think he's still a stud. Hopefully he comes back good for that Seattle defense that was still good without him. So uh yeah. I also had Antonio Winfield, right? Antonio <sighs> Winfield you. from he's Tampa Bay. I thought about Tampa. him too. Yep. But I think Jamal Adams just the better than the both of them. All right. And the best team. I went with the 49ers. Yep, agreed. Oh, okay, um, perfect. We beat that we beat that to dead horse how much we're <laughs> yes. we're running on the 49ers. So yep. All right. This is another maybe one of my hot takes. The worst team. I went with the Los Angeles Rams. They went all or nothing, you know, and then just deleted all of their players. I think this is the worst defense I've ever seen. But outside of Aaron Donald, we know Aaron Donald's good, but I think Aaron Donald retired. I don't even think he plays out this year. I think Sean uh, Sean Payton's going to have a kid this year, and he said he spent all offseason preparing for that. I think he retires midseason as well. Stafford's not really who he used to be, and I don't think Stafford was ever the greatest quarterback anyway. I think the Rams are doomed for a little bit. Uh, yeah, um, I don't disagree with your hot take at all. I went with the Cardinals, though. Okay, that's who um, I had debated against. Just because, um, at least with the Rams, they have a connection between Stafford and Cup. Okay. Um, we've, we've seen that bear really good fruit. Um, you know, say what you want about the Rams, say what you want about the Stafford. That that duo is is a phenomenal yes. duo. Um, they there's not that duo on the Cardinals team. Correct. Um, Correct. and so for me, that's where I'm trying to get. I they both don't have defenses. Um, but they at least have Rams at least have Aaron Donald. Um, yeah. They both don't really have any offenses, but the Rams at least have Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, sure. And, and yeah. the Cardinals don't. So for me, the Rams not by a lot, but they edge edge the Cardinals out to where the Cardinals are the worst. Yeah, no, I and I thought about the Cardinals. I just I'm a Kyler Murray truther. I know he's not going to play this year. Her potentially not play. You know, there's rumors he might be back week two. But uh, I think Kyler Murray is still much better than everyone gives him credit for. I think kind of people crap on him because of the whole gaming thing. But I think he is a, a stud in the makings. All right, upside. I struggled with this one. It's between two teams. I wanted to pick my Atlanta Falcons, but I went with the Seattle Seahawks. I think they've had the best draft two years in a row. 
if Gino, I know Gino's probably not the guy to do it for them, but I think that they have a good team built around him that they can fade out their older players like Tyler Lockett and uh, Bobby Wagner's back there for moral support and kind of go into that new era with Kenneth Walker and uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigba and Jordan Brooks on that defensive side of the ball. You know what, Chaser? I went with the Seattle Seahawks as well. <laughs> um, and uh, I debated going my Carolina Panthers. <laughs> but because um, I'm excited for them. But when we're talking about like upside, upside, um, as you know, somebody that can make moves this season um, based on the additions that they've done, I'm just, I'm so in love with Jackson's fifth Nick Jigba. Um, yes. that I'm, he's one of the top three players I'm most excited to see next season. Yes, and um, I think he's going to immediately make an impact. And so I, to me, that alone um, gives gives the Seahawks a tremendous upside. Yeah. No, I, I agree 100% with you. I'm so pumped to see DK and Jackson on the same team. Right. Coach, I, this shouldn't be a surprise. This is my favorite coach in the league, who I think is the best coach in the league. I went Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Bye. Easy I, I agree. I think the NFC really doesn't have that very many good coaches, to be honest. Yeah, I, um, I think. Pete, you could might go Pete Carroll. I think Pete Carroll could be um, kind of an on, honorable mention there. Um, yeah. But um, I just don't see anybody else in, in the NFC. I know I, I was – I just – I've never been in on the Sean McVay, like, Wonder Kid hype. I, I yeah. never got in on it, never once. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't – that year that they had that Todd Gurley led Jaron Goff went to the Super Bowl. I thought maybe it was something, and then when it came back and teams adjusted to it, you seen what happened, right? They were awful. So, uh, yeah, I think Matt Lafleur. You know, I think he'll show his his coaching chops this year with the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. So I'm excited to see that. But I don't think you know. I think Pete Carroll and Kyle Shanahan was your two choices, and between them, I like Pete a lot now. But it's Shanahan. Right. Most to lose. I went with the Minnesota Vikings. I think this is kind of their year. They had that amazing, you know, uh, kind of lucky run, I'd say, winning those, what was it, 11 games by one scores that never happened before in the NFL. I think to show us that it wasn't a fluke and that Kirk Cousins might be, I don't know, good, you got it. You got to win this year. I think the NFC North is as wide open as it's ever been. And I think if the Vikings don't win it this year. I think they're kind of just back to their, you know, average humiliation that they've been for so long. I I stuck with the 49ers here for the most to lose. Okay. Um, and it's just because they've been like a game away for like the past like four years minus the year after they, they lost the Super Bowl. They made it to the Super Bowl, then they lose to the Rams and so they blink the Rams during the regular season and then lose to them in the NFC Championship. Then they lose, obviously, to the Eagles last year. They've just been so close to it. Um, at, at, and then at some, at, you know, at some point, it's just all going to crumble where they're just not going to be able to do it anymore. Like, I, I just that. don't think you can keep up that sustained level of, of this close. Like, that's just so damaging to you. Like, it's just so damaging to be so close so many times and never get there. No, and trust I me, I is, know. Yeah. As a Packers fan, and, I know, and I think that just—I just think that takes—I just think that takes the toll. So the, a toll, and so for most to lose, I'm going to go with the 49ers because if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, it's going to be one of those things. Where it's like, man, like, is it—is it Shanahan? Is it you know all these? There's just a whole lot of questions that are going to arise if if they don't win it this year. And so I think they got the most to lose. I got that. I got that. I just think they're. The way I looked at it, I thought their future, even if they don't win it this year, they're still going to be a good team in two years. They're still going to be a good team, you know, potentially in five years with the players they have. You know, if they can fire, figure out that quarterback, they'll be a great team. So I, I thought that's, you know, I think Minnesota, this is their year. If not, you've got a lot. You know, they've already started releasing really good players with Eric Kendricks leaving. They cut Dalvin Cook, right? You're going to have to pay Jefferson here pretty soon. Kirk Cousins, what are you going to do with that quarterback situation? Harrison Smith is on the very, very uh, whispers of his career. I think Minnesota, this has got to be your year to show everyone that you're it, and I don't think they can do it. Right, Dark Horse MVP. This is where Rain Dakota Prescott pops up. I don't think he can I, – I, now, I'm not saying he's MVP, but I think you look at the NFC, uh, NFC 
at all as a division. And I think he's the dark horse caliber. Let's say the Vikings go, you know, win their division. Dakota goes back to his old ways where he's not really throwing picks. Cause again, he wasn't a big pick guy until this year. I think he has a shot to do it, especially he's got that cowboy bump. So I think, you know, I, yeah, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to say that the Cowboys don't get a little bit more hype than, than they deserve, but I think he hasn't a shot to do it. I don't think it's a great shot, but he has a shot to do it. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's always kind of going to be there. Somebody who is, who's talented enough, but never realizes like the full potential one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, my dark horse MVP. I, I went with the guy that's never wrote back and I went Gino. Oh, I love that. I love um, that. I, I just, part of that is, is I just believe in Gino coming into the, I don't think last year was a fluke. I think he's going to build off of that. And then you're adding in it, uh, most of, it, I guess would just be how I already said it, how high I am on Jackson Smith and Jeepa. Um, and I think that they have the best trio of wide receivers in the entire NFL. Bengals can give them a run for their money, but I just, I just, I'm just so high on Jackson. So um, to me, I just think he's going to be a game changer, like literally to be able to change games, gives a third outlet for, for Gino. Obviously he's got DK, he's got Lockett, um, goes, guys are studs. Um, Lockett's probably the most, one of the most underrated receivers in the league. I agree. Um, And so with those guys and with Gino another year under his, you know, having come off last season, building into that momentum, um, Dark horse for sure, um, but that's yeah. my dark horse MVP. That would be my no, I, MVP. I love it. I love it. I Gino's got to be the best person to root for. Any, you know, he did. I think it was a Thursday night game for Amazon. He did an interview with their people, and just that interview, you're just like, how do you not like? Even if you hate the Seattle Seahawks, how do you not root for Geno Smith? I think he is one of the best personalities and characters in the NFL. I'd love him to get MVP. All right. And then special teams. Again, we've talked about it. Neither one of us are really big special teams. I went with who I thought was the best kicker in the NFC. I went with the Atlanta Falcons and Young Hoku. Really? Interesting. You know, I went with who? The Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I like Crosby a lot. So, well, we cut Crosby. Um, oh, you did? Mm hmm. But we. We do have Keyshawn Nixon, who was the first team all pro returner. So like, you know, there, he, he was the best return man in the NFL, according to the all pro voters. Could go. I mean, if we're doing special teams as a whole, we, we could probably go with the Cowboys for special teams. I know I they, about it. they have, they have a good kicker and they have Kamonte Turpin, who was a stud. Yeah. Uh, I'll switch it up. I'll go Cowboys actually. Okay. I'll switch it up. Cause I was baking on the Crosby thing. So I guess I missed that. So I'll go. Yeah, I'm I'll pretty go sure Cowboys. he's cut. I'll give some Dallas and love there on special teams. Yep. I, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we cut him because we drafted a kicker and we had a kicker in our practice squad all year last year. So, uh, and he did, didn't, you know, I think he's missed the most field goals the past three years in the NFL together. Crosby's missed the most. So, and I, I will stand on it that he is the reason we lost to the 49ers and Aaron Rodgers last playoff game as a Packer. We lost by three points. He missed two kicks right. at six points. It also helps if you score a freaking touchdown. That's true. But I mean, if you're in field goal range and you're missing kicks, I'm blaming Crosby. But uh, yeah, that, so that's what we got for the best of the best. If you disagree, we forgot someone obvious, you don't like our dark horse takes, tell us in the comments, right? We want to hear what you guys think. Maybe you're a diehard, uh, I don't know, we didn't mention the commanders at all. And you think you have like Scary Terry as the best wide receiver. I don't, you know, let us know. So Sam Howell, dark oh, horse I, MVP. I love Sam Howell. I don't know about that much, but I love Sam Howell. So. Sam Howell, bro. <laughs> so, Can yep. he pick it? Can he pick it? <laughs> MVP? I better, you better stick with Sam Howell. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, folks. Well, that's it here for episode 21 year of All Things Football. As always, if you haven't, like, comment, subscribe, and we'll catch you next time because football is back, baby. This was All Things Football.